Welcome to the More Love, More Power podcast. Our vision is to pursue love, earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you would prophesy. Our hope is that these conversations will inspire, encourage, and even challenge you to live a naturally supernatural lifestyle, learning how to live in God's love and walk in more of His power. Well, hey, everybody, I want to welcome you to our third episode of the More Love, More Power podcast. And my name is Daniel, and I'm one of your hosts. And I'm very excited to have an honored guest with us today, Brian Blount. And just want to welcome you, Brian. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm so glad to be here with you. It's going to be a great conversation. So fun. Yes. And so, Brian, you are a husband, a father of six. Good job, man. I mean, that's like, that's intense. Like you guys didn't like play around with the whole fruitful multiply. Yeah, we don't play around. You know, we just, you know, (laughs) you know, what happened was our our fourth one, I wanted one more boy. And so we had a girl, boy, girl, and I thought, let's have one more boy. And that boy ended up multiplying in the womb. And we got triplets out of that. So triplets, triplets. So you know, wow, you gotta be really careful, you know, when you're kind of going for that extra kid, you might get more than what you're expecting. So we yes. got a bundle of surprise. We're so great. In fact, we they're all now teenagers. So all my kids, I have six kids that are teenagers right now. Six? Six teenagers? Well, Annalisa, I guess, was in college. So she's graduated from teenagers. Okay. But okay. everyone else is, yeah, teenagers. Wow. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna. I'm. I'm getting ready to have a teenager soon. So he's eleven, gonna go, almost twelve. <laughs> I'll be asking you lots of questions. Like, okay, so. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so you're you're an author. I think two books now, three, two, two. Yeah, yeah, just two right now. International speaker, and and you also now lead pastor at the Crestwood Vineyard in Oklahoma City. That's correct. My wife Jenny and I both co-pastor Crestwood co-pastor. Vineyard. Yep. Awesome. And uh, you know how how's that going? How's how's church going? I know this is just a crazy season for every church. Uh, how's that going? Well, you know, I guess <laughs> that's, that's a, a loaded question. question, isn't it? You know, hey, we I love the church because Jesus loves the church. And you know, the church is full of people. And when there's people, there's there's messes, there is uh, celebrations, there's just real life. And so when we do life with people, um, we get the good, the bad, the ugly, we get the pain, we get the victories, we get the suffering. Um, and so being a pastor uh, is 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 thrilling and it's hard. Um, it's, it, man, cause you're dealing with people and, you know, walking them through their journey of faith. You're walking through their journey of, you know, marriages or bit or singleness or, you know, through parenthood, uh, and always trying to point people to walk, uh, in the light of the gospel and how to live this out as everyday believers. And so, you know, church is, is very, uh, important in being a pastor and being part of a local community, um, to me are, um, things that we're all called to be a part of. And, but that doesn't, there's lots of joys and there's lots of challenges at the same time. Yeah. Wow. That, that's good. Well, and you've been co-senior pastoring for how many years now? So we helped plant the church uh, in 2013, 14 is when we, we started the church. Um, and then in uh, about three years ago, Jenny and I took over as the senior pastors which is something that I really wasn't uh, <laughs> looking for in that moment. But um, it's kind of interesting, you know, back early, in my early 20s, uh, when I first met uh, Charles Bellow, who is 
our, who's the help founding pastor and who we planted with, um, I, I wanted to plant a church back in my early 20s. And I heard the Lord clearly speak to me and say, Brian, I want you to die to that vision and I want you to serve Charles. And so wow. we literally died to that vision and thought, okay, we would, pastoring wasn't for us. And so we just got a job, uh, raised a family. And really there wasn't anything more than that of just, I was going to grow as being a believer and walking out my faith uh, just as everybody else does. And um, I had, but I had a heart, you know, for people and a heart to see the kingdom come. And, uh, but it, pastoring kind of like got pushed to the side and it wasn't until I, I had a dream in my heart about it. But um, by that time, uh, I was pretty much done with like ever the idea of really pastoring um, until I think it was 2013. I called out from uh, Bob Hazlett, a friend of ours, uh, called mm -hmm. me on a power and love conference um, and man rocked my world and prophesied about um, us planting uh, and then me going around uh, the world and helping to light fires all over and helping to bring kind of uh, helping to light uh, the uh, bring a fire back into places of um, uh, he didn't know I was even part of the vineyard before that, that I would have a part to play in that um, and talked about uh, a school traveling around. So there, there's a real significance with that. And about a month later, um, Charles Bellow and I were uh, in Connecticut um, and doing a conference at a vineyard there. And on that weekend, the Holy Spirit speaks to Charles and said, it's time to plant a vineyard. So we had some pretty supernatural uh, yeah. outside words come to us, and wow. which we needed. Uh, because the journey was about ready to get pretty crazy uh, for yeah. us. So, yeah. Yeah, I've always told uh, Jesus, I'm like, hey, if you're going to call me to like plan a church or something, I need like an angel. I need I need a few big significant things. So because it's hard and, oh, and it's like when absolutely. it's hard, I need to know. No, no. But this is God's calling. So I'm going to, you know, stick with it. <laughs> well, especially for us, like because when we said yes to that, here's what happened in the midst of that. Um, as plant, planting a church, my son, uh, my oldest son gets, goes from a, a normal kid to a special needs kid overnight, gets struck with a, a rare disease called pandas, uh, which is an autoimmune disease that strep infection. Wow. Uh, my mom gets stage four melanoma cancer. And then I get a disease where my esophagus quits working all while planting the church. And the Lord says, go pray for the sick. Like you've never prayed for the sick before. Welcome wow. to the ministry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? My goodness. I mean, that was it. So we needed those prophetic words yeah. to help us through the storm. Yeah. Wow. You know, what I find fascinating about your story is that, um, you know, I, it didn't sound like you set out to the, I'm going to be a pastor someday, or, you know, maybe that's true. Maybe it isn't. Like, I don't know. Like, but, I'd love to just dig in a little bit. Like, how did you get called? Because I, I know like you were a web designer, publisher, you know, there, you know, this everyday ordinary guy gets captured by Jesus and, you know, wants to kind of live his life. Uh, okay. That might just, <laughs> this is so you great. Are, you no, all it, probably it, heard that if you're not watching, <laughs> but if you're watching, you're smooth. welcome for that one. Okay. <laughs> that was classy, so, man. You got that. <laughs> this is great. I'll just hold on to this. Uh, I know how to do that. But um, yeah, like, 
I, I would love to hear just how you felt called. I know you were just talking about like some significant, um, you know, encounters with the Lord, but would love to just hear. Uh, yeah, just some of that. Awesome. Some of that story. This is amazing. This is amazing because this is real life. This is how it this really is works. Real life. This right? is what happens. This isn't polished. This is ordinary everyday life, which I think is a great prophetic picture of how things really go. Amen. Right. To that. Anyway, but yeah, yeah I, I don't know what the, you know, you don't have to share every detail, but I would just right. love to hear. Sure. Well, kind of how did God call you into this? Well, let me, let me go back kind of at, way back early on. This is kind of significant, which I didn't know. As a kid, I remember telling my grandmother when I was about like five years old, I was either going to be a policeman, a fireman or a preacher, which is like, you know, I didn't have that kind of growing up. We went to the church. Wow. We did things, but that's kind of a, an interesting thing. And I was reminded of that, you know, years later. Um, but I grew up in a pretty broken home. In fact, I, I, my, my grandmother and grandfather were a lot like my, my parents. They took me in for a lot of my, uh, you know, childhood. Um, my mom and dad got divorced when I was very young. Uh, she remarried um, to another guy, had a stepdad. And he was a good guy, but really was, was an alcoholic. Uh, my mom had her own struggles uh, with a lot of depression. And so I grew up in this really kind of confused, broken place, a lot of anger, a lot of frustration, feeling rejected, not wanted, you know, all that. And wow. I remember around 11 years old, um, I smoked my first cigarette, smoked my first joint uh, at 11 and was starting to get into a lot of just, I was searching for really significance. Well, who am I, you know, trying to fill this void of pain of, you know, being you know, passed around, all this kind of stuff, um, having an unstable home. So I got into a lot of trouble Then I ended up getting into, a, uh, I went to a boy's uh, ranch for a while and lived there to try to straighten out my life. Um, and, you know, just, man, nothing was really going for me. I, I got more involved in, in drugs and the whole bit. And then when I was about almost 16, um, I had a good friend of the families, and he was this guy. His name was Rob Harris. He was a Methodist pastor, and if this, if I could have picked my dad, this was the guy who I would pick to be my dad. Yeah, uh, and yeah. he invited me to go on a Christian retreat for the weekend, and um, I only said yes because I respected him. You know, at the time I, mean, I had long hair. You know, I mean, I was a complete stoner. You know, I could think of ways I would spend my weekend, not with a locked in with you know, 75 other, you know, guys, you well, know, that, I, I feel like I need a picture for this. You, 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 I could probably one. get one for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, a throwback one. Right. So, uh, and it was on that weekend. Um, I, 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 dude, I did not want to go, but remember my grandma came and I, I was holding on to her till the end. Like, please do not let me. She goes, no, you're going to this. And she put her foot down. Like she had never done that before. And I felt like the fear, like of God at that moment, because she's like, you're staying, you're going. Well, on that weekend, to make a long story short, I encountered the Father, the Son, Jesus, the, the triune God. I mean, encounter me I mean, with the liquid love of his presence. I'm telling you, Daniel, the power and presence of God came on me so strong. I felt like a like the Lord like literally wrapped his arms around me and hugged me. And it was like he was loving the hell out of me. He was wow. loving the torment out of me. He was loving the pain out of me. Yeah. And I could feel his presence. And I was like, why would I want anything other than this? Wow. And so at 
the end of this weekend, you get to get up to like share like what happened and what you're going to do about it. And so I'm sitting there and, you know, I stick out already because like, you know, this is like not the church kid. And um, I feel this presence like just kind of like pick me up, like, you know, and it was a Lord. And I'm just like, I'm walking forward. I'm like, what am I doing? Why am I going forward? Do you know, next thing I know, I'm staying behind the, you know, the, the, the pulpit and, and going to answer these questions. What just happened to me? What am I going to do with it? And I, I remember even, I think I had an earring in at the thing at the time too. And I said, listen, um, before I came on this weekend, I was totally away from the Lord. I didn't, I didn't have a relationship with Jesus. I was in drugs. I was sexually promiscuous. I can't even say that word. Sexually active. <laughs> I was out doing all these things, completely yeah. just broken. But Jesus encountered me. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to get off drugs. I literally take my earring out. Like, as a, I don't know why. And put it on the thing. And I said, I'm going to go home and I'm going to tell my friends about Jesus. And here's yeah. what was the craziest thing that happened. This place, about 400 people stand to their feet. And they go... <laughs> Yeah, for 10 minutes. Wow. And it was like the picture of the great cloud of witnesses. Yeah. Of what it must be like, the, the, you know, this faithful community cheering me on saying, you can go with Christ, you can do it, you know? And, and I'm telling you, I think if I wouldn't have had even that encounter, I don't know that I would have made it going yeah. on. But I, I left with this love, this empowerment. I went back to my friends and said, guys, look, um, you know, everyone's smoking pot, you know, bongs everywhere. They're ro- in fact, they're so fresh here with me. They're rolling up joints in Bible paper and smoking big doobies, oh my God. trying to offend me. And I yeah. said, dude, how can I be offended? I mean, I'm just out here with smoking pot with you guys and doing all this stuff. But here's what happened. I said, Jesus came into my heart. He changed my life. I accept him. He took this pain out. I don't want pot. I want Jesus. And I want you to know Jesus. You know, wow. and so that was how it went. Now, some of my friends that really didn't still fly over with them at, at, at first. But I can tell you, years later, all, almost all of them have come back and said, what happened to you really did happen. And have asked me for advice, asked me to pray for them. And so, uh, and I didn't have any friends. God began to send me Christian friends and I began to be discipled um, through uh, really through the Methodist church, uh, through uh, this thing called Chrysalis and Emmaus. And um, then I started getting involved in doing these events and, and growing through that and doing summer camps and and all these encounters uh, were happening. And then kind of fast forward a little bit is uh, I was probably around like, 18, 19, uh, 20, around that, that area. And we were doing, I was in a camp. And uh, at this camp, it was unbelievable. Um, we were there with a whole bunch of, you know, about three, 400 kids. And um, we were in a denominational camp at the time that was really pretty liberal in a lot of their practice and theology and stuff. And to make a long story short, what ended up happening is, it was like what you hear the stories of like with uh, Toronto, like the Lord coming in, in great power. And this was like 90 or no, this would have been more than that. But it was like that type of thing. An event, a powerful thing came like the spirit of God just comes into wow. the camp. And kids are literally like are, are, are getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. Demons are coming out of kids. Um they are shaking under the power of God. They're getting saved. And 
I'm like, just like watching and going, what is going on? This is like unbelievable. God just invaded a place in the camp that people didn't seem to want to have, you know, these pastors and leaders were freaked out of their mind. And, yeah. you know, that I get called out and like, they're saying, uh, like blaming me for it. And I'm like, I didn't <laughs> do anything. Like God came, I participated and I began yeah. to tell them that this was the Lord. Well, that made them more angry. <laughs> You know, and so I literally sat in a room with all these leaders and pastors here at 18, 19, you know, uh, age, and they are drilling me and, you know, saying, look, you brought some Pentecostal spirit. We don't know if this is Pentecostal. This might be even, this might be the devil. Mm. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I mean, guys, God is like, you know, we'll see if this is the Lord or not by the fruit of what happened. Let me tell you. Uh, one of the guys that had a major encounter is a, is a pastor today from that from oh, that wow. encounter. So there, oh, I can tell you story after story. Well, that ended up uh, kind of the trajectory. So of was I, that your was that your first experience with like the spirit, like at that level? At that level, yes, I yeah. had experienced wow. Holy Spirit in some smaller uh, meetings um, and had some prophetic stuff and. Um, things like that, but I'd never experienced anything like that. And so th- I had no grid. I mean, I didn't know about Toronto, none, none, none of this stuff. This was even before that. So I, I didn't know what this was like. And I was on the trajectory of maybe even looking at going into be a pastor in this, you know, denomination. Um, after that happened, uh, it was looking like that probably wasn't going to be the, my, my place and my future. But here's the interesting thing. So the guy was talking about Rob Harris, who, who was a, a pastor in that denomination, he, he hears about the, the encounter and he says, Brian, he said, um, I want to invite you to go somewhere with me. He said, I'm going to take you to a conference. And he said, I think it's going to change the course of your life. This is the guy, same guy who led me to the Lord is wow. now telling me that he said, I'm going I'm to take you to this place. that I think it's going to change the course of your life. He took me to a vineyard conference. Come on. I didn't know what the vineyard was. Like I, you know, I, I thought, you know, anything outside of like a mainline denomination was probably like, <laughs> cultish or something like you know i mean that's like i didn't have a grid for that walk in and i am watching the demonstration of the power of the holy spirit like what i saw uh sovereignly happen at this camp and i'm hearing all these stories about like john wimber blaine cook and you know all the i'm like who are all these people and what's all this stuff and keep hearing vineyards so after this conference um i remember uh coming back and, and janine and i were engaged at the time and we were, she was living in Norman and I was living actually in Tulsa, Oklahoma, but we knew we were going to be converging back to Oklahoma City to, you know, that's where we were going to, uh, you know, establish our roots as a, you know, getting married and that kind of stuff. Um, and so I kept hearing this about a vineyard. So I literally used the old Google search engine, the yellow book, <laughs> the yellow pages, right? And let my fingers do the walking. Old school. Old school, right? Old school Google and went through and uh, <laughs> through the yellow pages and see uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma City Vineyard. And there's a vineyard church here. So we walked in that Sunday and uh, we never walked out. Wow. And that was the, uh, uh, Charles Bello and Diana Bello took us under their wing and began to mentor us and talk to us about um, the kingdom and about that, hey, this is what everyday disciples can do. And, you know, I told them the encounter I had and they said, well, you know, you can learn to prophesy. You can learn to hear God's voice. You can you know, heal the sick. And I'm like, really? Like, I mean, this is so, such a new concept. Though I had this encounter, I, I I didn't know you could participate with God. And I thought only maybe certain special anointed people, maybe, that I'd seen on TV 
could do this stuff. But, you know, I never seemed to fit that, you know, idea. I didn't look good in a white suit and couldn't comb my hair in a certain way and couldn't bring a choir with me. I'm just an ordinary dude. But I was hungry for the presence and power of God. And so uh, Charles began to to teach us and equip us. and, And we started learning how to, you know, pray for the sick and started getting words of knowledge, um, started practicing this in the church, started seeing lots of incredible things take place. Um, but I had a longing in my heart, and this was it. It was like, God, I want to see what I saw like at camp. I want to see that type of power, but outside the four walls of the church. Mm. You know, I started hearing these stories about, you know, this guy named Blaine Cook, you know, and and John, and, and you'd hear these power evangelism things. Like Blaine was like this business guy that would just go – you know, to work and then lead 10 people to Jesus and then having like five Bible studies a week. And I'm like, wow, like we can do that. Yeah. And so here's here's the kind of the back. So most people don't know even this part, because, you know, eventually I met Blaine. Blaine prayed for me. And I'll get to that in a second, because this is a major shift of what changed in my life. But um, probably a couple months before actually meeting Blaine uh, in the way that I did, is um, Charles Bello uh, and I were going to go to Switzerland to um, Mar- uh, Martin Dielman was being set in as the overseer of the vineyard movement for uh, Sw- Switzerland, for Germany, Austria, and all that. And so we were going for that because Charles and uh, Martin Dielman had history back in their early 20s, and Charles had helped them to plant their church, but it wasn't a vineyard at the time. So yeah. independently, they both came to the vineyard. So Martin is now at this place of, you know, going to be um, set in as uh, the overseer. And so we're going. And I, I hear that Blaine Cook is going to be at this meeting. And I thought, okay, here's probably my one chance to actually meet this guy. You know, probably there's not going to be that many Americans. So this will be fun. Well, we get there. And here's the craziest thing. Blaine doesn't show because he, like a business meeting happened or something. So he couldn't come. So Martin... Uh, turns to Charles and says, Charles, um, Blaine couldn't come. I need you and Brian to fill in for Blaine's workshop. You do it. <laughs> and I'm like, what the heck? Oh, here's a guy I yeah. wanted to go meet. And now Charles yeah. and I are actually doing Blaine Cook's workshop. Wow. And at that time, and I had gotten like a couple words of knowledge here and there. I remember that meeting. I was getting like 20, 30 words of knowledge. Come the on. spirit of God was coming. Charles did something I had never seen my do until until this day. I've never seen this. And it freaked me out. He literally and he goes, he goes, all right, what we're going to do is uh, let's go ahead and just lock all the doors and lock all the windows. Of course, he was kidding. He said, because yeah. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to come and manifest and, and cause every demonic thing that's hidden to manifest. And I'm like, what is he doing? Like, can you even do this? And he just like nonchalantly is like, you know. Ha ha, everyone's kind of laughing. And he goes, Holy Spirit, come. And I command every demonic thing that is hidden to manifest. And I promise you, my friend. (laughs) Wow. The entire room. (laughs) Demons are coming out. People are screaming. I mean, throwing across the the room, throwing up. I mean, it is absolutely pandemonium crazy. Like otherworldly kingdom of God comes in and I'm like, you know what I do? I literally run out of the meeting (laughs) and I'm standing up there and I'm looking at heaven going, God, is this really? (laughs) 
Yeah. This is so like totally crazy. Talk about a paradigm shift. Talk about a paradigm shift, you know? And it was yeah. like, what an experience at camp, but a whole like, you know, times 10 or something, you know? So I come back in, we're ministering. And so anyway, out of that encounter, here's the craziest thing. So Blaine was supposed to have come. Blaine couldn't. Because of Blaine's not being able to show, we get Blaine's uh, assignment for the workshop. But then because the power of God breaks out so much, we also then by, got asked by Martin Buhlman for the next six to eight years to come in and equip and train the vineyard churches in Germany um, and Switzerland. And then it went into to Romania doing power evangelism com- or schools and things like that. And so that was a crazy divine setup by Jesus. Wow. Um, One we, person's transitions, another person's yes, opportunity and upgrade. Absolutely. Like so it was like yeah. incredible story. And so but then here's the other part where I actually do meet Blaine. About a couple months later, I, I hear Blaine's going to be um, in Chicago. And I th- I think he's actually, I can't remember, it, it's Oak Park. I think, isn't that where Jay, uh, or not? Um, JD. JD. Yep, it's, JD right. Amy. Okay, yep. it's uh-huh. the church he is pastoring now. Okay. Is where, I only put this together, I think, like last year, talking to happen. Anyway, I'm like, this is the church where this happened for me. So we drive like 10, 15 hours, you know, whatever to get get there. And I'm all on the way, I'm praying, oh God, would you encounter me? Would you touch me like you touch Blaine? I, I just, I want to see your power outside the four walls of the church, right? That was my heart's cry. So we get to the meeting, never met Blaine. Uh, and here's the other interesting thing in that meet, who's in that meeting too. Robbie Dawkins was in that meeting. Oh. Robbie was not moving in power evangelism either at that meeting yeah. until that point. Okay. So out of that meeting, uh, we both get you know empowered. But Blaine literally scans the room, says, you young man, the power of God's all on you for power. Man. And man, I'm telling you, the power of God hit me so strong. I flew back about eight rows, shaking, trembling, wow. screaming under the presence of God going, oh God, oh God. You know, thank you for touching me. Give me an opportunity to see your kingdom come. And that's, I think, I've I've shared the story. Some would know this, but that's when the Lord, you know, gives me an opportunity. We go to Popeye's Chicken for lunch. I walk in. First time I ever got a word of knowledge outside of the four walls of church. I see a lady standing in line. The Lord said, there's something wrong with her arm. You go pray for her and I'll heal her. And I completely chickened out and um, froze in fear. In fear. I just had this powerful encounter and now I'm in my opportunity, I'm literally chickening out. I was the biggest chicken in Popeye's chicken. My buddy that's with me <laughs> is standing there and goes, Brian, what is God speaking to you? And I said, I think maybe he is, but I don't know. I'm like so scared. He goes, dude, just go over and talk to us. I said, no. What if nothing happens? He goes, but what if something happens? And I said, yeah. I don't want to risk it. Like I was that scared. So he goes, all right, I'll go over and ask her if something's wrong with her. Just so you know, if you heard of the Lord, I said, all right as long as you don't tell her it came from me. Like I literally chickened out, bro, in my first encounter in power evangelism. So he walks over to the lady, taps her on the shoulder, says, man, you have a problem with your uh, left arm. If you let me pray for you, Jesus will heal you. It was like he got, you know, a prophetic word. It's like he got, you know, touched by Jesus. None of that happened to him. He just mm-hmm. simply believed. Yeah. The lady goes, how in the world do you know that? And he, he said, see my friend over there, the Lord spoke to him. Called out. So I got called out, right? And yeah. so, but that's how I entered into power evangelism. And there really was a marking of this thing of 
calling out. But here's the thing I would love to say to people. It doesn't matter if you shake, rattle, roll, you know, do, you know, backflips. Until you actually step out and do something with what was imparted, it means nothing. And you don't have to have those encounters. All you have to do is simply step out and believe like my friend. And so that first power evangelism encounter, you know, it was really through my friend, but it opened my eyes. And then took me on a journey of then learning how to discover to hear God's voice in the everyday place and the mundane places. And God was faithful and began to speak to me. And I began to step out and begin to see healings and salvations. Like it just began a normal thing. And here I was. Again, not a pastor. I, I am just a web designer uh, yeah. and, you know, married and thought that that's pretty much what I, I would do. And I was fine with that. Um, I just wanted to be part of a local church. I wanted to learn how to do this stuff. And I wanted to equip as many people as I could. And so we started doing a lot of equipping stuff from that. Went into Romania for a number of years. Did power evangelism schools. <clears throat> and then we... Uh, Things kind of came to a halt um, around 2007. That's when the triplets came. But right before that, <laughs> our our pastor Charles, who with now he, he Oklahoma City Vineyard, he went through kind of a uh, a crisis. Not not anything bad, but just he was burnt out, and mm-hmm. he uh, felt like the Lord told him. Well, not only felt the Lord actually made it so clear that we were to shut the church down. I mean, which you don't think that really, but the Lord, I mean, gave us ma- major signs and wonders to show that he was going to close it, but that he would reboot it one day. Mm. And so seven years later, the Lord rebukes that word, um, once wow. that word through Bob Hazlitt, and then when Charles and I are in Connecticut and the Lord speaks to him. And so that kind of catches you up a little bit um, to wow. <laughs> some backstory. Yeah. I mean, what I love about what I'm hearing, and even for those that, that are listening, is like, you know, it, like the calling is a journey, and it, it was like a series of of yeses, and it, it seems like, you know, the God of second, third, fourth chances, like you, you haven't missed it. It may look different, but I just love how, you know, when I see you now, I see someone who is, you know, you're talking to AT&T representatives on the phone and they're getting healed and, you know, through the drive through, like in these split second encounters, like you're saying a lot of yeses now, but, uh, you know, just the chances that you got and that you, you know, God never gave up on you and you're, you know, you know, one of the most, you know, powerful, naturally supernatural people I know. And so I just think it's so encouraging just to hear the journey, you know. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, it is a journey. And I, and I think, you know, again, we're looking at that one-time encounter and, and we do have encounters, but those encounters also have to be walked out. And, yeah. um, you know, and, and we also, we don't live on the mountaintop. We, we often honestly live more, I think, between the mountain. We live in the valley. We live in the mundane. We live in the place of real life experiences. And so we have to learn how to navigate that. And so, you know, we did and, and we are and still are yeah. doing that. And, you know, that's yeah. never going to stop. And I think that's something Sometimes we get into these places where we think someone has been used this way or, you know, God does things. That, but I'll tell you, there is a lot, um, you know, there's a lot of thorny moments, even in the beauty of a budding, you know, rose, right? There, There's thorns that prick you along the way yeah. in the midst of that. So there's pain, there's suffering, um, but that's also real stuff. That was with Jesus, wasn't it? I mean, like, 
you know, I, I think about this, the disciple, you know, Peter, Jesus are walk on the water. We have that one incidence of them walking. How, did he walk a foot? Did he walk three feet? Did he walk, I don't know how long he walked, but it wasn't, it was one time recorded, but he walked miles and miles and so did Jesus in the dust, right? And just, yeah. you know, getting dirty, their feet dirty. And, you know, Jesus, who is, you know, the son of God, fully God, fully man, you know, comes and incarnates himself in the flesh and lives out as a human, teaching us, I believe, how to be fully human, to be yeah. fully alive, works a normal job for yeah. 30 years, takes care of his family. And we have those three years of real, like, outward focused ministry. But, I mean, that should show all of us that Jesus really does um, care about all of those things. The mon- those things. Those things that seem mundane to us, those things that mm-hmm. seem not so supernatural are really like moments of uh, like, I think God is delighting, enjoying, and wants us to enjoy one another, enjoy his creation and enjoy the mission with him. And it's not always like blind eyes open, deaf ears open. It's, you know, it's, it's praying for the sick along the way. It's telling people about Jesus along the way. It's living this as a lifestyle and not always on at, you know, a hundred miles an hour. It's, it's living you know, at that place of a rhythm of relationship with God, uh, with your family, with friends, with your church. And along the way, we see those snippets of like power encounters too. But it's yeah. it's all the same. It really yeah. is. It's all the same. That's really good. The, uh, you know, for those, you know, listening, you may have, you know, I just love you, Brian, because you're so you naturally explain things, but you just kind of told us the gospel in a very succinct and very relational way. And, uh, you know, someone just got saved. No, seriously, but hey, it's very possible. But wh- what I love about what you're sharing is that it is, there. there's joy and sorrow deeply mingled. And, you know, we're, you know, this year we're celebrating 10 years of More Love, More Power conferences like you know, a place where we're equipping the saints, we're, we're providing space for encounters with Jesus, and you've been part of many of those. And last year, um, you know, your message, uh, kind of about walking through suffering and pain, but still going after the kingdom, was so impactful to us. I think I wept through most of your message, like the Holy Spirit hit me really hard. Um, you know, I think one of the phrases, uh, your wife may have came up with it, mature on mission. He matures us on mission. Yeah. But, yeah. She, yeah. She gets like, uh, hey, incredible, like, everyone quotes her. Yeah. Because it's how it goes. She's the smart one. She says this. She says, Jesus didn't give his mission to the mature, but he matures those on mission. That's good. Yeah. So, so powerful. Yeah. And so, I, you know, obviously... Um, some of those listening today re- remember this message. Some haven't heard it, but I know God is continually growing us, and I know the kingdom doesn't always show up the way we want it to. It's not, you know, there's a promise, but we don't always see the promise fulfilled um, right away. It's like, you know, it's the now and the not yet of the kingdom, and I, I just don't, you know, I just wanted to know if you had any more to share. I know you've been going through some even things in your life recently. Like it, it's just, it's crazy, but you know, you're still pressing in at the same time to the things of the kingdom, even though you're not seeing it. And so just any words of wisdom or insight that you could give on how he's 
maturing us on mission, you know? And so, yeah, any thoughts there? Yeah. You know, I think that is, I'm so glad in the vineyard and, and the theology of the now and not yet. Some have taken, I will, we don't get to do anything anymore. I'm like, no, actually that gives me such a good clarity of like when things aren't fully happening, but yet the kingdom really is at work. Um, it's working on the inside of us. Um, there are things that the Lord's healing would, even though our body might be suffering, I mean, there's an encountering point of like the fears, the anxiety. Um, you know, what do we really believe? The Lord comes to minister to those places in those dark night of the soul moments or, you know, um, in the valley of the shadow of death. I mean, he, he is there with us, you know, and, and, and I think he, he spreads out a table for us too, to be able to feast upon him in our suffering. But if we always live from the mountaintop to the mountaintop, then we really don't, then we're living in the supernatural plane that, you know, honestly, Jesus didn't even do. We become more spiritual than Jesus. It says in the days of his flesh, Hebrews 5, 7, in the days of his flesh, being the, the days that Jesus walked from cradle to grave, it said he cried out with loud petitions and cries to the one that could save him. This is Jesus, fully yeah. God, fully man, you know, fully aware of his humanness and the pain, the suffering, um, and what he would endure on the cross. And somehow we think we're going to escape, you know, this stuff. I think that's part of the formation that we enter into the sufferings of Christ. Um, there is warfare from the enemy. There is the battle of just trying to do life. There, there, we, we still live in a broken, fallen world, um, but the kingdom has come and the kingdom is coming in the midst. And so how do we walk as people of, you know, peace in the midst of tragedy? How do we walk in, in love in the midst of like when you feel this, you know, anger uh, towards people or you have questions? And I believe that the, Jesus wants to take those question marks that swirl in all of our minds. And through the cross, you know, through the, the fellowship of the suffering, through the Holy Spirit, through the triune unifying presence of the, of the Godhead comes to straighten out that uh, those question marks and the exclamation points to begin to look to him in the midst of our pain and knowing that if he suffered, that we're not suffering alone and that he is maturing us along the way and that he's deepening something. And though we may, uh, which I, we all, we all press in, we all believe in healing. I believe it's God's will to heal. We all will be healed yeah. some in this life and some in when the kingdom fully is present. So it's, it's God's will to heal whether we'll right. see the fullness of it now, or sometimes you get um, maybe not the healing in your body, but maybe the healing in in your in your soul um, in the midst of of pain, which is kind of again it, it's it's there's a paradox to that, um, but it, it's it's a journey, and I think if we're more honest and faith, faithful in talking about like the behind the scenes, the struggle, the pain, um, it will help to navigate people through. There are hard times and not fall away or think, what did I do wrong? Or maybe I didn't have enough faith. What if that's nothing about that? What if actually yeah. the Lord is actually working his faithfulness into you in the midst of your pain? Yeah. And so, yeah, I've suffered again. Once again, when COVID happened, man, uh, what a craziness that it took the world by storm. And um, I got hit July 15th and became one of those you know, people that um, was a long hauler and still have, have suffered through uh, great inflammation and pain in my body. Um, 
I do have some good report to tell you now, uh, but going through that, then I ended up discovering I had a parasite on top of that. So I was in a major pain for the last- My goodness. Yeah, since July. And again, wow. still praying for the sick, still yeah. you know, doing the stuff that, you know, loving people, um, you know, all through that, that mess, but in pain, you know, but we're all wounded healers. And so, you know, healing was coming through, um, you know, going to doctors, trying to figure out what to do. Um, I believe in a holistic approach, man, God, through natural means, we really aren't, <laughs> those are supernatural because God is the one that gives the ability for, for wisdom, for meds, Amen. for doctor, right? All that too. That's right. But here's something that really was sweet that happened. Uh, a couple of, uh, well, almost three weeks ago now, um, we had uh, a friend of ours, Joanne Moody, come in to a, do a conference at our church. And she and the Lord told her that, that the Lord was going to heal me um, and told her, her team, pray for Brian every time you get. Well, um, I, one of the team members, I think, was talking to one of my daughters, Amberlyn. And uh, my daughter said, I want to go pray for my daddy. Wow. Here's my uh, hmm. almost 16-year-old daughter. I said, Daddy, can I pray for you? And uh, I said, sure. I think it's kind of sweet and nice. <laughs> she hugs me and she just says, Jesus, would you come? And would you just heal my dad? And uh, I can tell you from that night on, something changed. Come on. A healing took place um, that I, I hadn't experienced. It was a night and day difference. From that, so much so, this is a funny way I tested it, uh, but you gotta hear it because it's kind of the real thing. Uh, so, like, I'm real you know, life. I had to watch to figure out what you know I could eat, and I'd have you know, horrible things if I did eat something, I could be bloated up, major pain, throwing, I mean, horrible stuff, right? So, at two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning, I get this insatiable hunger hitting me, and I go, I want McDonald's Big Mac fries and a Coke, and I'm like. This is either the demon or Ambien, you know, that I'm taking yeah. to go to sleep, or it's yeah. Jesus. And so I, 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 so I call Uber Eats and they bring me a Big Mac fries and a Coke. And my, my son Tyler is going, what are you doing? I said, yeah. I'm eating a Big Mac fries and a Coke. That's how I tested out to see if I actually got healed. And you know what? I had absolutely no pain. The next three or four days, wow. I, I ate a Big Mac uh, fries and a Coke just to test out over and over. And I don't even like McDonald's, yeah. but, um, so yeah, it was an interesting way to kind of test that thing out. And, um, so I, this, this yeah. episode is sponsored by McDonald's. And McDonald's, the golden arches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get your Big Mac on man. Yeah. So, yeah. So that was kind of an wow. interesting thing that happened in the midst of, uh, yeah, it, it was, well, that's, yeah, that's just amazing. And, you know, when your your kids start to, you know, access and press into the kingdom, uh, man, I feel that, you know, as you know, my kids, you know, just the other days, like, I, I felt like God was, you know, said this, and then it happened the next day. And I was like, Oh, my gosh, you know, it's just amazing. But I, I just want to thank you to just, you know, we just need to talk about the pain and the suffering as we press into the kingdom and that it, it is deeply mingled and Jesus walked through it. And I, you know, little did we know that your message is also prophetic. You know, we are getting, you know, right after more, little more power 2020, you know, actually two weeks after everything shut down in the whole country. And, you know, just like, and I think 
you know, people over this last year have experienced a lot of pain and suffering and unknown and anxiety. And, you know, I just read like a, you know, a, a statistic about alcohol sales, you know, they are more than double. Like, so instead of 2 billion a year, they were over 5 billion, you know, things like that, you know, people looking for comfort and for peace. And, you know, um, it, I guess I'd love to end with, you know, what do you sense? It's been a crazy year and, you know, you know it, we know it. What, what do you sense the spirit saying? What would you say for those that are listening that, you know, maybe if uh, I felt this, like a hesitant to pray for people, a hesitant to press into the kingdom because, I don't know, we have a mask and I'm not, you know, it's like all of these things are swirling and uh, we're just in a lot of unknown. Um, what, what would you say? What do you think the Spirit is saying to the church? What, how do we press into this? Uh, just any thoughts that come to mind as we, we close? Sure. You know, I, I think, hey, we still keep with the mission, message, and ministry of Christ. That never changes. And you can do it. We, we had to do it some, in unique, creative ways. But people are longing for the encounter of Jesus. And I can tell you, I've been in lots of places where people are all masked up the whole bit. And the Lord drops a, a word of knowledge or just simply asking, can I pray for you? And I, next thing I know, either their, their mask is off, they're snotting everywhere. <laughs> I probably get COVID that way. <laughs> you know, you know. basically the spirit of God breaks in and because people are starving and I've had that happen over and over and over again. And I think we, we respect people. We we help people. And, and let me just tell you right off the, the bat here, like wearing a mask, getting a vaccine. I know that this is my personal opinion on this, but listen, uh, these are not uh, oh, wicked, less faithful things to do. Th these are things that it's a matter of conscience, but uh, I think it's not an attitude of fear. It's really an attitude of caring for people. And yeah. so I've really tried to navigate that and walk that through with people. And so, again, we're to be bridge builders, not, uh, you know, try to make a chasm or a divide. Our job is to look like Jesus and to calm the fear that's going on in people. And so if people are ridden with fear, which, and listen, the impact of what has happened is, is still going to be with us for some time. And so we have to learn to be, continually to be uh, a people that reflect Jesus, that put him on display, that Jesus was skin on, to bring hope in hopeless situations. So what I would say this, I think we need to continue to keep looking to Jesus, keep being like Jesus to people that remember, you know, we need to behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And we need to reflect that and we need to give hope and we need to care and we need to help people process through their pain. And we need to know that, listen, we need to help people live well and we need to help people to die well. That the pay's the same, whether you raise the dead or you help someone like hold their hand while they slept from this life into the next. So I would say the church, get back on page, get out of the craziness of you know, the politicalness, the, the QAnon, the conspiracy, get got caught up back again in this. Start gossiping the gospel Come again, on. right? Begin just to begin to talk about how much Jesus is relevant and, and not just in your words, but in your action by loving people. And then reach out your hand, pray, Holy Spirit, come. You know, and when we don't see the power come like we think, then what we do is we embrace the person. We hold them. We weep with them. We cry with them. We pray some more. We, you know, and we see breakthrough, then we rejoice. And if not, we're there ever present like Jesus is with us. And we keep putting him on display with love and power. I think I, we don't need to look for 
the next big prophetic word or looking for some great revival, if we would simply look at Jesus, who is the great reformer and the great revivalist, and we don't need any other mantle except for the mantle of his mission, his message, and his ministry, if we would simply do that, we would see an outbreak of God's presence and power. We'll see the lost find that they have been found in the heart of the Savior. That's we'll so see good. the broken be healed. Yeah. You know, so yeah. that's what I think. You know, maybe Isaiah 58 is a great passage to look at, yeah. you know, as yeah, well. That's really good. Hey, I, I feel the, the spirit on that a lot. Would you, I know for those of you listening, you know, maybe you felt kind of that hesitancy but you know there's a call on your life. There's actually a call on every single one of your life. Like if you said yes to Jesus, like, and it's in your personality, how he wired you, but there is a call that there's a hurting world that needs in. I just sense, would you just pray, you know, impart that? Uh, I just sense some real power on what you're saying here. Absolutely. So these that are listening, you're watching, hey, listen, Man, just open up your arms, your hands like this, like you're going to receive something because the Lord is present to release his presence and his love to you. And so, Holy Spirit, would you come right now and would you refresh those who are weary, who are broken, who are confused and remind us again, however present you are, would you fill them afresh and anew with hope? Would you help them to see the Lamb of God? who has taken away their sins, who's, who's come to meet them in their suffering, that you, Jesus, were the, the suffering servant. You know what it means to go through pain, and you know what it means to heal us through uh, from one end to the other and to come in to be our hope and our light. And I pray right now that you would just, again, refresh us and to see the gospel and to see uh, you clearly, that we would be about your mission your message and your ministry. So come Holy Spirit. And those that are watching that many are, maybe you're still struggling in pain, we're gonna pray, God, would you come right now with the inbreaking of the kingdom, with comfort and with healing to mend broken bodies, to bring an end to the suffering that people have had in their body and bring a hope-filled you know, thing. Take those question marks, Holy Spirit, and make them exclamation points as they look to you. And may the church, those of you that are believers, man, again, quit looking at the chaos around and begin to look to Jesus who brings his wind of his presence and he broods over the chaos and brings order and stability. And so that's what we need. We need to look at the cross-shaped life look to Jesus, and put him on display with love and power. Amen. Amen. So good. Thank you so much, Brian. So inspiring and encouraging to talk with you. And just thanks for sharing your heart and your life with us. Uh, really appreciate it. Uh, thank you all for joining us. And we hope to see you soon and hear from you soon. And love you all. 